That's pretty stout. Whew, it's a sidecar. Sidecar to the face. <laughs> My name is Darian. I am back on another solo mission to bring you the best and the brightest of horror news and reviews, or reasonable facsimile thereof. It's just me again this weekend, mates. Uh, Nobody. I got nobody. Uh, He is still at the bus stop eating M&M's. He must have got himself like a garbage bag of M&M's, because I don't think he's moved from that bus stop. Bus is coming gone. He's still standing there eating M&M's. I don't know what his problem is. Monica's still in Washington. Uh, complications with her husband's back surgery. Not 100% sure what's going on. And I haven't gotten a sit rep on her mother either. So I will uh, keep you abreast of both situations, all three situations, as the information comes to me. Um, yeah, M&M's, back surgery, and uh, moms uh, having strokes. Bad, bad, well, M&M's are pretty good, but the rest is all bad. Uh, other than that, I'm doing fine. I'm here. I'm, I'm chilling. I'm on vacation, and I'm hanging. How was your Halloween? Mine was pretty good. Uh, act, to, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have known the difference, you know? But from last Halloween to this one, uh, COVID and all that horseshit notwithstanding, uh, went to the same party that I go to every year. Not as many people, mind you. Uh, went out, took the kids trick-or-treating, got hammered in the process. Um... Yeah, same, same, but not as many people there either, really. And not as many people giving out candy either, so... Other than that, I wouldn't have known the difference at all. I mean, there was plenty of people out there. This whole neighborhood that I live in pretty much turns into a block party on Halloween. I know I've told the story before, but we have a lot of um, parents out there that like to give out adult treats along with the kitty treats. By that, I mean they hand out beers and shots as you go, and by... You know, you make a lap around the block. By the time you get back to your place, one lap, you're pretty much in the bag. (laughs) I love it. I love this neighborhood. It's beautiful, especially on Halloween. So there's that. How was your Halloween? Did you you guys do anything cool? Did Did you hunker down and wrap yourself in cellophane wrap and spray the kids with disinfectant as they walk by? No, you didn't. No, you did not, you fucking liar. If you did, you wouldn't be listening to this show. All right, well, I got the usual shit show, my friends. I got horror news. I got listener mail. I got everything else that I'm supposed to do for you, which I do every week. Why don't we jump right into some horror news then? What do you say to that business? (laughs) 
<laughs> horror news. Oh, God. Here's some horror news. My wife made me a cocktail uh, right as I was walking into the, the studio here. I don't know. I forget what's in it. It's brandy and a bunch of other bullshit and a splash of orange juice. It's called a sidecar. I'm going to say you stay away from the sidecar. It's uh, It tastes like poo, but I tell you what, I'm feeling the effects already. And I don't know if it's just because I ran today or if because of all the alcohol in this thing, but it has punched me in the face. It tastes like poo-poo. Stay away from the sidecar is what I tell you. Uh, let's let's kick right. Let's jump right into some horror news, you motherfuckers. Now, I'm not one to uh, call myself a genius. I'm not one to brag or say I told you so. However, Vivica A. Fox will be playing the role of Ben in an upcoming Night of the Living Dead remake. What I fucking tell ya! Last week, you heard it here first, my friends. There's no fucking way there's going to be another Night of the Living Dead movie with a male playing the role of Ben. Because despite the fact that Ben saves Barbara's life, on numerous occasions in that movie, he forces, him, he forces her into the, the, uh, the farmhouse. He slaps her when she gets a little out of line and catatonic. Gross sexual misconduct on every level. Who cares if he saved her life? Maybe she didn't want to be saved. She needs to be empowered. <laughs> God damn it. Now, this is what we have. You see that? Now, I'm not a genius, but I, uh, am a, I'm pretty good at predicting. Um, well, my, my dad used to say something, and I'm going to share this little bit of wisdom with you. My dad used to always say, son, never underestimate the predictability of stupid people. <laughs> and right now, Holly Weird is at its about dumbest. And I can I can tell you exactly what's going to happen next, but I won't. I mean, like as far as the like the zeitgeist and which movies will be remade, remade and what gender swapping and ethnicity swapping is going to go on, but that's neither here nor there. So I nailed that one, didn't I? I'm one for one, or probably like, one for 115 or something. I don't know. Jordan Peele is producing a new take on Wes Craven's People Under the Stairs. I didn't like the first one. I seriously doubt I'm going to like this one. I'm moving right along. Clive Barker has joined HBO's Hellraiser series as an executive producer. Now, this is something I'm excited about. Clive Barker is still in the legal process of regaining the rights to the Hellraiser franchise, which is a good thing. And in the meantime, if he can add any kind of input to any of the shit show that has become the Hellraiser franchise, it would be greatly welcomed. We need to talk about the Hell Priest. Maybe he can incorporate some of the Scarlet Gospels into this thing. I don't know what they're planning on doing with this HBO uh, Hellraiser situation. So let's hope for the best. I, uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm into it. HBO, even when they do a bad show, it's usually still pretty good. They've done some bad ones. Remember that, uh, what was it, Charlie from Cincinnati or whatever it was called? Uh, I watched the whole goddamn thing. Still couldn't tell you what it's about other than a guy floats uh, like in the like two feet off the ground and he enjoys surfing. So there's that for you. Neil Marshall is talking about a possible Dog Soldier sequel. Now, what do you think I mean when I say he's talking about? 
not not it, uh, basically nothing nothing at all uh he said in an interview that it is more possible now i'm quoting him here it is more possible now than it ever has been the fuck does that mean i have no idea but doesn't mean we're getting a dog soldier sequel doesn't mean that neil marshall is going to have anything to do with a dog soldier sequel if it does come out um uh, i like dog soldiers um what are we talking about 20 20 years ago that one came out that was a long time ago dudes so you know i'm into it i would love to see a dog soldier sequel only if it you know i don't want them going to the hood or going to outer space or uh you know any kind of weird shit like that uh let's let's do our best to stay true to the source material uh, lastly, I got some bad news for you gamer dorks out there, of which I am also a gamer dork, before you guys get all upset at me for calling you dorks. That Friday the 13th game, you know what I'm talking about? The one where, uh, you know, you play as either a counselor or Jason Voorhees, and then you kind of work around that. Uh, its dedicated servers are being decommissioned. And that's sad to me. I tried it. I wasn't a huge fan. I'm more in the Dead by Daylight camp. Just because of there's much more variation in the the um, characters and the things you can do, and there's like an actual storyline there. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to talk shit about Friday the Thirteenth. I'm just saying that you know I like it better. I'm sorry, but regardless, uh, I haven't had any DLC for that game uh, ever since the legal battle started with the original. What was it, the Rider or something? And uh, pretty much all Friday the Thirteenth projects. Basically, anything more than a fan film uh, regarding Friday the 13th is not going to happen, probably ever, because of this this legal horse shit. And now, because of that, uh, the game is being shut down. Uh, Dedicated servers are being decommissioned, which means I don't think you're going to be able to play it much longer. So if you are a fan, get your ass in there, do some, go some rounds, uh, you know, and have fun. There's no really no more. There's really not a point because if you're trying to level up your characters, the whole shit's going to come to an end very soon. So why even bother? That's all I got on the horror news. It's all bad. <laughs> it's all bad news. I'm sorry. Um, let's do some listener mail, shall we? Shall we do some listener mail? Let's do that. Listener mail. Oh, God. I just finished off my uh, boxcar, sidecar. Oh, I feel like that could come back to haunt me. All right. Uh, Slow week on the listener mail front, kids. Let's start it off with a brand new Patreon subscriber. Sorry for the lack of fanfare. It's just me this week, so that's the best I can do for you. I should have had my kids come in here and shout into the microphone. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's uh, Tom Hardy. He uh, is now in the $5 tier, uh, Mr. Tom Hardy. So you, my friend, are going to have control of January. Uh, the Cowboy has December. Miss Monica has taken control of November. And January, my friend, is all yours. Let's start the new year off right, Okay. Tom Hardy, I know you're doing the ch- the challenge and you want more people to to do that. And I think we need two more subscribers because we have you, Steve Z, and Cowboy. So we need two more by the end of the year to uh, 
not have us do a bunch of shit movies. So thank you, uh, Tom Hardy. I hope you enjoy the bonus Patreon content. So Tom Hardy gets access to the Insomnia Hour, which is my weekly public domain show. On top of that, he gets control of January. And I might just throw him a goddamn t-shirt because I'm that kind of a guy. You know what? I'm going to do it. That's usually reserved for the $10 tier. Tom Hardy, get me your shirt size and a mailing address, and I'm going to throw you a padded room t-shirt because that's just how I roll, man. I'm feeling generous. And you can hold me to that because I just said that here on the the podcast. So that notwithstanding, we do have some voicemails to get to. No emails this week. I should probably check because, you know, you never know with this fucking thing. Uh, Nope, that's it. No emails. Uh, We do have some voicemails, though. Let's jump right down to the vampire masquerade of people that call into the podcast. It's the immortal Alan Cha-Cha. Padded room, what's up? What's up, Alan? It's the uh, monster energy drink of people that call into your show. Hope everybody's doing good. Uh, Darian, are you uh, starry-eyed? You are correct. Hope you had a good Halloween. I had a pretty good one, you know, carved jack-o'-lantern. Nice. Went to uh, my niece, stepdaughter, whatever she is. Cool. This kid I really like. Or this kid I love's uh, Halloween party thing her school does every year. Very cool. Which ends up being a lot of fun. Um, then me and Shelly watched Pet Cemetery remake and the Child's Play remake. Mm. Didn't like the Pet Cemetery remake. Loved the Child's Play remake. Uh, Shelly hated both of them. <laughs> anyway, hope all's good. Talk to y'all later. Bye. You know, I was not mad at the Pet Cemetery remake. I know why everybody is, though, and I understand it, and it's a legitimate gripe. What they did with the kids, switching Gage and the uh, the daughter there, I get it. It's, uh, it's kind of a staple because, you know, in the book, in the movie, Gage is a terrifying little fart, and that's kind that's kind of like the focal point of the movie is him and how cute he is when he's alive, and then he turns into this zombie uh, homicidal thing. And then you're like, oh shit, now he's he's creepy because he's so cu- fucking cute, I suppose. And they buried him in that little boy blue situation, whatever the fuck that was all about. And then they took that away from us in the remake. On the other hand, I felt like you get a lot more of the zombie mayhem and the murderous mayhem with uh, the girl instead of Gage. But just uh, basic, only on the merits that she's a lot older and some of the zombie shit that went down in the remake. Like the part where Lewis is giving her a bath and clumps of her hair are falling out and he, she's just like staring blankly off into the distance. You know, she's dead, man. That's, yeah, I mean, we, we, can, we can romanticize that as much as we want. We can call her a vampire. We can call her a zombie. We can call her whatever we want. But at the, at what, despite the fact that she's up and walking around and being all creepy with it, um, that's still a that's still a rotting corpse, you know. Think about this. And Alan, I'm gonna I'm gonna direct you to Shudder right now and a movie called Terrified, which I believe is Argentinian, if I'm not mistaken. And there is a dead kid in that movie. Doesn't do shit. It's just a, just a, a fucking dead body of a kid, and it just kind of sits there and sort of half ass eats a cereal, and that. Is fucking. That's what a dead kid would probably really look like. It's like all rotten 
and like one of its eyes is gone white. It's disgusting, man. And uh, that is probably the most disturbing dead kid I've seen in a long time. And he's probably about the same age as a little girl. Now, if we were to have him up and running around and talking shit and stabbing people and giving people the heebie-jeebies, I don't think it would translate as well if he was a toddler, i.e. like Gage. So in making the, the girl the antagonist, we have a lot more room creatively to have her... You know, give her some more post-mortem dialogue, for lack of a better phrase, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm Personally, I'm not mad at it. I enjoyed the Pet Cemetery remake. Um, I don't know that I like it better than the original, but I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I thought it was a good show. And uh, I love the Child's Play remake, because I was never that huge of a fan of the original Child's Play to begin with. But uh, that remake took the the killer doll action to another level. Uh, All right, my friend, we have uh, another voicemail here. Let's get down to beautiful Southern California with Monica's pod boyfriend, Mr. Tom Hardy himself. Hey, hello, padded room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? It's just me again. I hope everyone's doing well, and uh, hope everyone's uh, made it back. Nope. Hopefully everyone's made it back uh, under good circumstances. Um, nope. No way. Uh, anyhow, you know, I wanted to get in. Uh, I forgot to mention this last week uh, when you guys were talking about uh, doing the Night of the Living Dead, the remake. Yeah. Man, I remember seeing that uh, in the theater. Oh, nice. And I had seen the original, and, you know, it was black and white. You know, I'm a stupid teenager. Like, oh, this silly flick, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, well, probably going to get more of the same, you know, for this remake, but at least the thing's in color. True. And then the very first kill, when the guy falls uh, kind of sideways and hits his head on that tombstone and cracks his neck, and you can kind of see the neck, like, disjoint or whatever. I was like, (laughs) holy shit. (laughs) I remember seeing that, but it just uh, totally took me back. Absolutely. uh, Man, that was a great kill and way to... uh, get back into that flick sure um you know on the educating department uh i got nothing still man yeah he's uh these flicks here i almost wanted to say uh frankenhooker wow when you talked about her uh rotten from the inside and okay. um all of that but uh yeah i don't think that was in la so uh, i don't think that's gonna be it but it's not no uh anyway um oh another thing on the uh what are you looking at department uh, I assume everyone's probably seen the flick uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah. And I just uh, saw it again recently, and I I don't know why. I've always thought of it as like a horror flick. Eh. But in reality, it really uh, it's, it's I don't think it really is a horror flick. And I think the only reason I kind of associated it as a horror flick is because everyone that I knew who was into horror movies was into this flick as well. Yeah. But um, I mean, people get raped I don't know, you know, stuff. Pretty good flick, you know. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, you know, kind of a dystopian future flick. But uh, sure, I'd say I like the flick. But you know what? And and, and seeing that again, I have to say, yeah, it's, it's you know not going to be a you know a legit horror flick. Yeah. Anyway, look at that. I'm going to get out before getting JP. So let me okay. say uh, happy anniversary to the padded room and all the inmates. And uh, love you like family. Bye. Well, thank you very much, Tom Hardy. And thank you for your uh, Patreon donation. Uh, Clockwork Orange. 
I mean, there is like a home invasion sequence, and then there's also some torture sequences uh, when he's in the mental institution, and then there's like a gang beating when he gets out of the mental institution. Um, I don't. I mean, there are definitely horror elements. I would call it more of like a uh, social. Um, I don't know, man. I don't. Maybe maybe more crime drama. Because, you know, you have this young juvenile, and he's fucking off, and his, uh, his what does he call him? his Drugans betray him, and they leave him for the cops, and all that happy horse shit. It's, it's not a bad, it, it, I don't know, man, I don't know how I feel about that movie, because I remember watching it when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, look at these guys, and they're a gang, and they're badass, and they're out causing mischief, and this dude is a psychopath. But watching it again recently, I think we did it for the show maybe a year ago, year and change. I was like, oh, this is, uh, <laughs> it's a Kubrick movie, man, you know? And you got to be in the mood for a, a Stanley Kubrick movie because you're going to get a lot of uh, staring at the camera. You're going to get a lot of slow pans for no apparent reason. You're going to get a lot of build up and very little payoff. Lot of I would I would equate that to like a almost like a Rob Zombie situation, you know what I mean? Where you got you got to kind of bathe in the visuals and the audio and just kind of look at it almost like abstract art. And because the storyline itself is not all, it's not all that you know intriguing or enthralling, really. Uh, juvenile, real asshole of a guy, uh, you know, goes to the the mental institution. They do some. Some ooky spooky shit on him, and then they turn him loose, and then uh, you know he gets you know beaten by his old gang, and then he uh, runs afoul of some of the other people that he wronged while he was a juvenile, and they have their way with him, and then when he gets out and he gets in the hospital, he's basically right back to his old ways, and that's the end of your movie. Now there's a whole lot of shit and a whole lot of uh, movie in there to talk about, and like a lot of screenshot and him having a menage a trois with two chicks in like Benny Hill time. So, I mean, there's a lot of movie there, but story, not so much. All right, that's all we got on the listener mail, my friends. Thank you very much, Alan, Tom Hardy, Patreon donators. You guys kick ass. I hope you enjoy the the bonus Patreon content. I got new shows rolling out every week. Probably going to be that way for the foreseeable future. Um, Tom Hardy, get me your address, and I'm going to fire you a padded room t-shirt my friend and i need your shirt size too i don't know maybe you're a big fat guy who knows uh that no <laughs> i'm probably gonna edit that out <laughs> probably i'm gonna get into a movie now you motherfuckers quit fucking with me god damn it Nearby? No, not really. Where are you going? I'm headed north. I'm sorry, I, I've got to go. It's I'm, just going to take I've a minute. I've got to go. I'm late for a meeting. I'm sorry. I just, hey, I just... 
911, what's your emergency? I think I'm being followed. I know you're close. Are you scared? Coming for you. Boom! <clears throat> Excuse me, that is Alone from 2020. It stars Jules Wilcox, Mark Menchaca, and Anthony Heald. Uh, this one's got a solid R rating, came in at 6.1 stars on IMDb, directed by John Hyams. Written by Matthias Olsen. It's got about an hour 37 minutes on this bad guy. As chosen by Miss Monica. Now, this is a movie we've seen quite a few times. It's the age-old tale of young lady alone on the road, runs afoul of a fellow motorist, and gets abducted and uh, basically dicked with because of it. So, I mean, that's that's the story in a nutshell. And if you need to know any more, check. I, mean, that, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I just feel like, the, uh, what was that, uh, Curve? The one with, uh, what's her name, Juliana Huff and uh, the, the horny guy. That was basically the same thing, except he didn't have to abduct her. He just left her in the wreckage of the car and then came back and dicked with her. And this one, they actually go to a uh, a, a uh, rape basement situation. All right, anyway. Let's get into the movie. <clears throat> so, our movie starts off with a young lady moving from Portland, Oregon uh, to uh, somewhere else. And I don't know where, but I presume it's somewhere else. It's about 300 miles away. And that number is going to come up later in the movie for a fact. She's going to state, I'm about 300 miles away. Um, now, she, she's moving from what I gather to be in, like an upstate, like an up upscale apartment in Portland, and all she has is a beat-up-ass Volvo and one of those U-Haul uh, toy box trailer things, you know what I'm talking about, a little thing about the size of a, uh, it's a little trailer, basically hooks onto any car ever, and um, <clears throat> she's putting all of her crap in the trailer, and unfortunately she has to leave a house plant behind there on the sidewalk of Portland, which is kind of fucked up. Uh, from there... We get, she gets on the road, and she gets moving, and she's like smoking cigarettes. Everything's cool. She gets out of Portland, gets out onto the, the freeway. I don't know if she went, I don't know where exactly she's going other than it's 300 miles from Portland. Um, everything's cool until she gets like into the woodsy areas of Oregon, at which point the I've been I've driven through that range, and uh, the problem is that the, in a lot of places the highway gets down to two lanes. So you can't pass anybody. 
And it's not, it's, it's because, you know, you're driving through a very dense forest. And a lot of times there'll be like a cliff face on one side and another cliff on the other side. So there's really just not enough fucking room to pass anybody, which makes it very uh, intimidating, you know, when the log trucks come whipping by you. Regardless, uh, she's cruising down the freeway. Everything's cool. She's got listening to an audio book, smoking cigarettes. Um, her mom keeps calling her and she keeps not picking up the phone. So right off the bat, there's a bit of an issue. And I could tell you right from the get go that there was an issue with this chick by the fact that we spent so much time watching her load up her U-Haul and then ponderously prune over the idea of leaving the house plant behind. And like, I don't know. It was like, I don't know why we... as the viewer, I don't know why we had to spend so much time on that particular situation. Who gives a fuck? It's a house plant. Uh, you don't have some. I mean, like if it's like a cherished house plant or it holds some meaning for you, call somebody, have them come pick up the fucking house plant, or put it in the front seat. <laughs> there was plenty of room in the front seat of the Volvo. I don't know, man. But for some reason, we got like a three-minute sequence of her thinking about whether what to do the hell with this fucking houseplant. I don't know why I'm still talking about the houseplant. All right, anyway, uh, she gets on the two-lane freeway, and she's she's making pretty good time. Eventually, she rolls up on a Jeep Cherokee, and this motherfucker's going like 25 miles an hour. So before she knows it, she's right on his ass, and she's like, oh, this fucking asshole, what is he doing? I don't know. And the freeways in Oregon are very windy, so you... It's never a good idea to try to pass somebody on these things because you never know what's coming up around the next corner. But she hangs for like, you know, 10, 15 miles. And then eventually she's like this motherfucker. I got to go. So she gets she breaks the yellow line, gets in the lane next to him and like punches it, tried to get around him. Mind you, she's in probably a 1992 Volvo and she's got a, a... u-haul thing with her so that she's putting that engine to the test this guy on the other hand is in a jeep cherokee uh looks like it's been beat to shit tinted windows of course uh once she gets up alongside him he punches the gas also so now uh we have like a drag race happening on the freeways of oregon and a very stupid one at that pretty soon up in the distance we see a 16 wheeler coming down the freeway so she's like fuck I either got to get in front of this dude or I got to get behind him. Either way, uh, you know, I got the pedal to the metal. He's got the pedal to the metal. He's being a real fuckbag over there. Uh, eventually, he slams on the brake. She goes peeling out in front and gets in front of him. And then the 16-wheeler goes flying past. So after that, she's like, oh, God. Ooh. Now, I'll admit that's a little shaking, a little rattling. I would have flipped him off for sure. Uh, from there, she goes, keeps going. Gets out in front of this dude, um, you know, gets like uh, 15, 20 car lengths out in front of him, and then he gets right on her ass, and now he's like honking a horn and flashing the high beams and freaking right out, and she's like, uh, I don't know, pull over, I don't, ooh, I don't even know, and then she, with the breathing, I don't know, and <laughs> that is my dramatic reenactment, I hope you enjoyed it, anyway, uh, eventually there's like a, a turnout and he turns out and she keeps going. Okay, cool. So she's rid of this guy. Keeps going. Everything's cool, uh, for at least a couple hours or so. Cause now we're going to cut to that night in which she stops for gas 
at some little town there in Oregon. Pulls over, gets gas, uh, calls her dad. Her dad, uh, you know, starts talking to her. And we get a little snapshot of this young lady. Apparently, she's in dire need of therapy. Uh, she wasn't supposed to leave Portland until the following week. She got some kind of a wild hair up her butt and decided to leave today instead of, you know, waiting for somebody to come there and help or something like that. Um, the main thing is she's avoiding her mom. And we don't know why yet because he's like, hey, your mom wants to talk to you. And she's like, hey, gotta go, bye. And then she hangs up on her dad. Uh, as soon as she gets off the phone, here comes our Jeep Cherokee again. And this time, the guy kind of like slowly cruises by the gas station, sees her, and then punches the gas out of there. So she's like, oh, fuck, I'm weirded right out now. So she gets back in the car, hauls ass. Excellent idea. Now, this is where the stupid shit begins, because there's some dumb shit going on here. Uh, She gets like, uh, I don't know, a couple hours further down the road. Now, before we get to that, though, there's something worth mentioning, is that when she was on the phone with her dad... She said she was about 300 miles away. So if she's traveling at a constant speed of about 65 miles an hour, which would probably be the posted speed limit, mind you, she could probably go over that if she wanted to. Uh, She could probably be at her destination in roughly five to six hours, give or take, depending on, you know... uh, construction well i mean it's late at night now she shouldn't have any problems at all and she's at a gas station so she probably has a full tank of gas and she's driving in probably a 93 volvo i'm sure she gets great mileage on that fucking clunker uh she should be good to go if she doesn't fuck around uh unfortunately that's not the case because <laughs> she gets back on the road after seeing the jeep she's all weirded out so she takes off uh gets to a hotel and then she spends the night. I don't think we needed the hotel. Why Why make this an overnight thing? You're, four, you're five, maybe six hours away. Stay on the fucking freeway. Uh, you could probably get 300 gallons out of that uh, full tank of gas. On, freeway tank of gas, mind you. Um, why are we stopping at a hotel? I don't know. She decides to stop at a hotel spend the night. Maybe it's late. Maybe she's tired. Maybe... Uh, I don't know. And, and the, worst, the, the even dumber thing is that she doesn't really sleep in the hotel. She just stares out the window all night. So if you're up, you're up, right? Go, get back in the car. Get moving. Get to where you want to be. Don't fuck around, especially if you think there's a weirdo in a Jeep Cherokee following you. Okay, whatever. We're dealing with a lady here that has issues, and we'll get more into that in a second. So um, from there, she gets up, gets back on the road. Well, she's about to get back on the road. She's in the motel parking lot. Uh, Big truck pulls out from the parking space next to her, and she sees the Jeep Cherokee. And she's like, oh, shit. Uh, Sees a guy get out of the Jeep Cherokee. Guy walks right up to her driver's side window and raps on the window. Knock, knock. She looks up. And this guy I can only describe as a flannel-clad Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. It's as though Flood, Ned Flood Flanders. <laughs> oh, I had a box car, a sidecar before I started the show. I don't know if I told you or not. Um, it's as though Ned Flanders were given a $300 gift card to Eddie Bauer, and now he's out cruising the Oregon highways. That's exactly what this dude looks like. Mustache, big uh, Jeffrey Dahmer glasses, poofed out hair from 1992. You're going to love him. 
he rolls up and he's like, hey, how you doing? Uh, hey, listen, uh, do you recognize me? I'm the guy that uh, almost got you killed back there. Look, I just wanted to apologize. Hey, what's your name? And she's like, uh, Jessica, uh, it's, you know, it's no big deal. Uh, I just want to get out of here. You're kind of creeping me out. And he's like, okay, where are you going, Jessica? He's like, uh, up north. Uh, I just got to get away from you right now, though. Thanks. He's like, oh, okay, well, uh yeah uh you uh all right okay okay bye and then they part on very awkward and uncomfortable terms okay fair enough he actually leaves before she does excellent so she gets out uh gets back on the freeway she's cruising along everything's cool for a little while and then she gets back on that two-lane freeway and she comes across like out in the boonies out in the oregon woods she comes across ned flanders who's got his car blocking both lanes, the hood up. And this is where we realize that he's got an arm in a sling, like he's got a broken arm. Okay. Now I've seen, um, silence of the lambs and I've read enough Jeffrey Dahmer or not Jeffrey, um, Ted Bundy books to know that the arm in a sling is an old tactic used by serial killers and abductors. And no, I will not stop for you, sir. Not that anybody's looking to abduct me, but if I were a hot young uh, mentally unbalanced uh, lady on the road by myself. No, I wouldn't stop for him either. He don't care if he has an arm in a sling. Uh, she rolls up and she's like, oh, this fucking guy. What, what the fuck now, man, with this guy? So he rolls up, knocks on her window again. She rolls down the window. He's like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, engine just died on me. Uh, you, you, could you give me a lift to the next town? And she's like, uh... You know, why don't, why don't I call a tow truck for you? And he's like, oh, the next town's about 15 minutes. Give me, give me a ride up there and it'd be fine. And she's like, um, I tell you what, uh, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go to the next town and I'll send some help back for you. And he's like, well, uh, can you at least, at least help, you know, help me move the car out of the road? And she's like, uh, I'm late for a meeting. Gotta go. Bye. Bye. Takes off down the road, as she should. Fuck this guy. Now, I would like to believe, as this, this, I watched this earlier today, it was a first time viewing, I would like to believe that this Ned Flanders character, at this point in the film, isn't a complete fucking asshole and isn't looking to get his rape on. Although I gotta tell you, uh, I mean, the rape signs, the, the creepy rape signs are definitely there. I'm just saying, you know. Um... She's like, no, fuck no, fuck this. I'm out of here. Takes off. Hauls ass. Uh, gets back on the on the road, moving pretty good, getting there. Now, at this point, we're, we're going to cut, cut forward to that night. So if she's 300 miles away the previous night and she drove all day, there's no fucking way she could not be there. And I don't mean to pick this movie apart. All I'm saying is that... Um, I don't know. I don't know what she's doing. I mean, she's, she periodically stops to smoke cigarettes, apparently. That's a big fucking problem, man. What are you doing? If this guy is really a creepo, which apparently he is, why are you stopping him and giving him time to catch up to you, man? Get the fuck out of there. You got a full tank of gas. You got about 300 miles to go. You could make it without stopping. Uh, if you got to pee, pull over, do it on the side of the road, get back in the car, punch it again. Get the fuck out of there. There's no need to make phone calls. There's no need to make... Uh, you could do that from the car, by the way. No need to smoke cigarettes. You could do that in the car, too, by the way. There's no need to have, like, these uh, self-discovery moments. And we seem to get a lot of these from this young lady. 
pulling over at a rest stop, rest stop and looking at trees and bullshit like that. All right, every time she does that, uh, you know, she's giving this dude more time to catch up to her. I don't understand what she doesn't understand. I don't, I don't understand what she doesn't understand about that. All right, anyway, uh, cut to that night. Again, stops at a rest stop. No apparent reason. Probably smoke cigarettes and think about her life. Talk to her dad again. Uh, hanging, looking at the, looking at her phone and shit. Uh, big truck pulls out behind her, carrying logs, and there is our Jeep Cherokee again. She's like, "Oh shit!" He, uh, Ned Flanders pops out, starts walking to her car. She's like, "Oh shit! God fucking no!" So she jumps in her car, gets it started goes to peel up out of there he's like hey hey you almost ran me over yeah thanks for the help by the way you dirty jessica wow and then she gets boxed in for a second by a guy in a van this dude in the van i don't know i don't know have you guys seen this movie maybe you can explain to me what the dude in the van was up to because this was something that was kind of weird she goes to pull out of the fucking rest stop guy in a van blocks her in at the last second gets out of his van opens and closes the back door as if he's looking for something but he's not actually in the rest stop you see he's like at he's like at the egg the he's blocking the exit to get out of the rest stop what the fuck are you doing dude now i I mean by all means if there's like a problem in your vehicle say so but for the purposes the purposes of this film he appears to just stop get out walk around to the back of his vehicle for no reason, right there as she's got like the high beams on him and she's blowing the horn and everything else. And then he just gets back in his van and leaves as if to say, hey, I need to stop you here for a few seconds so that the creepy Ned Flanders can catch up to you. That would make sense if the guy in the van made an appearance later in the film, which he does not. Okay, moving right along. Ned Flanders catches up to her. He's like, hey, you almost ran me over back there. Are you crazy? And then she's like, oh, I gotta go by here. Takes right off. Uh, Gets back on the freeway, out into the deep, dark, creepy Oregon woods in this two-lane freeway nightmare. And then, and then, dear inmates, one of the tires on the uh, U-Haul trailer blows. Now, we can say that Ned Flanders somehow caused this, and that would probably be a safe assumption. But we can't say that for sure, because we didn't see him do anything. Regardless, it happens, kaboom, she loses control of the vehicle because obviously she's never driven with a, a, a trailer or B, a trailer with a flat. Really, you can just keep going because uh, it it's, number one, it's a U-Haul, so it's insured. Number two, you're out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Number three, you don't own that goddamn thing, so you might as well drive it like you stole it. <laughs> Regardless, she freaks right out. And uh, plows the car off into a, a near, like off the road into an embankment. Uh, she sees another car rolling up on her. She's like, "Oh fuck! It's goddamn Flanders again." Gets out. She's like, "Well, I can just drop this." She tries to unhook the uh, trailer from her car. She, mind you, we're in the dead of night, and it's in the creepy Oregon woods. Here comes Ned Flanders. Gets out. She's like, "Oh hell no!" Jumps back in her car, rolls up all the windows, locks the door. She's like, "Uh uh-uh, uh, bitch." Ned Flanders rolls out with a crowbar, smashes the passenger side window, creeps into her car, punches her in the face, and knocks her out cold. Motherfucky, he actually was a kidnapper the whole time, Ned Flanders. I had high hopes 
for you being a good neighbor and you turned out to be some kind of a sex perv. He's not, other than appearance-wise, he uh, nothing like Ned Flanders. I shouldn't besmirch the good name of Ned Flanders because he had nothing to do with this. But they do look strikingly similar, cartoons notwithstanding. Now, that being said, let's cut to, I guess, the next morning when she wakes up in a full-on rape basement. Um, it's dark, it's dingy, it's funky, it's somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, which means it's probably really moist and smells of black mold and other bullshit. Uh, she's like, oh fuck, what am I doing here? Can't find her phone, she's locked in. Uh, there is a basement window, and she can see somebody walking around out there, so she tries banging on the window. It's got bars in front of it, she can't get out. Uh, Ned Flanders appears at the window and gives her like a shh kind of a sign so she's like oh this fucking guy he comes down there and uh she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna make a break for it man unlocks the door she makes a run for it he grabs her and slams her head into the 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 wall and knocks her down from there he opens up her cell phone and like holding her in like a rear naked choke kind of a move they start going through her cell phone pictures and videos and here we're gonna get a little backstory on jessica uh, Jessica is moving to get out of Portland, Oregon. And the reason why is because that is where her husband has killed himself. She is a widower and, uh, she's not dealing very well with it. And all the videos of her and her husband on her phone are all very happy. Well, she looks happy anyway. He looks kind of miserable, but... All that notwithstanding, it's very traumatic for her to have to go through this, especially while being held in a rear naked choke by a creepy Ned Flanders. So that's fucked up. Uh, She's like, I just fucking, yeah, he killed himself. He did it with a gun. And he's like, oh, this must be so terrible for you, reliving all these memories. You know, they say that people that commit suicide usually give some kind of a warning sign or a cry for help. Doesn't that just tear you up knowing that, he was probably crying for help and you weren't paying attention. <laughs> you motherfucker, man. God damn it. Look, if you want to rape me, then let's do it and get it over with and get me the fuck out of here. There's no need to psychoanalyze me, you piece of shit. God. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's gnarly. Uh, when he eventually leaves without raping her, which to me defeats the whole p- purpose of the kidnapping, um, that in the basement it's like an old school lock and key you know what i'm talking about like the old skeleton keys where you pop it in there and it's backwards so she can actually if she were to get a hold of the key she could actually lock him out of the basement so um he leaves she's like looking around trying to find a way out she's looking try looks through the keyhole in the door and she can't see to the other side which means that the key is still in the lock just on the other side of the door. So she does what anybody that's ever seen a, a episode of NCIS does. She slides her jacket under the door and starts beating on the door, trying to get the key to fall out. It doesn't fall out. So she starts looking around, sees a nail, a loose nail sticking out of a board. So she wraps her coat around the nail, pulls it out after jerking on it for quite a few minutes, and then uses that to pop the, the key out of the lock, falls lands on her jacket she slides it back under the door pops the uh the door open 
Uh, she's like, okay, bitch, I'm up out of here now. So she starts rolling up out of the house. As she gets to the living room, which is upstairs, she sees Ned Flanders walking into the house. She's like, ah, oh, fuck. Hides in the closet real quick. He walks in, makes himself a little lunch. Uh, he's one of these pricks that uses his his survival knife for everything. So he's having a lunch of like cheese and salami, and he's like got this big fucking bowie knife that he's using to slice the cheese and the salami. You don't have a steak. You don't have silverware in this house. You fucking asshole. You got to use your machete for everything. Whatever. Uh, in the in the throes of this lunch, she's watching him from a closet nearby. He gets a phone call from his wife. And, um, basically we get a little backstory on this dude. His name is actually Sam. It is not, in fact, Ned Flanders. It's Sam. And he's got a a little girl with some kind of a stomach issue. Appears to be a good dad, uh, highway abduction withstanding, and a good husband. Because he's like, oh, baby, I love you. I'll see you soon. He's fed his wife this weird story about being out of town for some kind of a business deal and he's gonna have to hang for a while while he um i don't know fucking while the investors decide what they're gonna do i don't know he's saying he's not gonna be back till like the following wednesday i don't know how many days that is but he could have uh quite the plans for jessica and her various orifices in the, in the time between now and wednesday uh she's hearing all this she's like oh fucking shit uh eventually he gets off the phone Gets up and heads into another room. And that's when she's like, now's the time, baby. Makes a break for it. Comes barreling out of the closet. Through the front door. Out into the fucking woods. And she is gone, baby. Move it. Uh, problem number one. Sam, our abductor, has taken Jessica, our abductee's, shoes. And she is in the middle of the Oregon woods. And there's no neighbors um there's no streets there's no no, this is just a cabin in the fucking woods dude and there does not appear to be anybody or anything for as far as the eye can see now undaunted by that she is still hauling ass with her bare feet uh sam eventually is like she's not in here gotta go get her so he goes taking off after her now neither one of these two has all that great cardio uh jessica is a smoker and sam is a Big uh, Ned Flanders type of a dude. He's wearing combat boots and stuff, so that sucks. Uh, She's running, 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 running on bare feet. Eventually, she trips. Uh, When she trips, she looks down and realizes that there's like a pointy stick sticking through her foot. So she's got to stop to take the fucking stick out of her foot. Looks very painful. She's like, ah, shit. Uh, Sam is right on her ass now. Uh, she gets up. They both haul ass. Uh, eventually, she makes it to a river. Sam corners her at the river. And he's like, look, bitch, uh, you might as well come on back because this is as far as you go. And he pulls the knife. She's like, I don't think so, Flanders. And throws herself in the river like a, like a fucking champion. Uh, Oregon rivers look goddamn cold and full of rapids. And I imagine there's some pretty good salmon in there. But... There's also a rape uh, escapee at this moment because she's flapping around in the in the river. Down the river she goes. Uh, Sam is like, God, fucking shit. Uh, she washes up ashore, I assume, at least a good mile or two down the way. And she's now sopping wet, freezing cold, in the middle of the Oregon woods, still no shoes. And she is on the lookout for Sam, and Sam is still on the lookout for her. 
Excuse me. Oh, God. That was a sidecar burp. And that was not a good thing, my friends. Stay away from the sidecars. They're bad business. I assume that had to have been named after a sidecar for a motorcycle. Don't let me go off on a tangent here because I don't know what... Is there another sidecar somewhere? Is there a a vehicle that has like a side caboose situation? I don't think trains have them. They have boxcars. All right, back to the movie. (laughs) Back to the movie. Do not go to the bar and order a sidecar. And that is the last I will speak of that for the duration of this show. May come up next week, though. Uh, She washes up, and she's freezing cold, and she's still running. Uh, Pretty soon, night falls. Well, fucking fuck. As soon as the sun goes down, here comes the Pacific Northwest rain, which is a motherfucker. And the only reason I don't live in the Pacific Northwest. I don't mind the gloom. I don't mind the constant overcast. I don't need a sunburn, but the rain. And never mind, you know, you know, getting drenched when you go outside. I can deal with that. It's the property damage that comes with it. The black mold, the fucking, you know, water damage, the flooding, all that horse shit. I don't want any part of it. But she's out in the woods now, and it's coming down like a son of a bitch. She's out, she's running, it's middle of the night, it's fucking cold, freezing. Uh, eventually, she just finds a spot and hunkers down. Okay, great, gets up the next morning, hauls ass again. Sam's still on the, on the lookout, she runs afoul of him. Sees him, she, he doesn't see her, so she takes off. She's not moving as fast as she should because she's got a fucking hole in her foot. Uh, eventually, she comes around like a tree, and she thinks she hears somebody creeping up, so she grabs a stick real quick. Uh, guy creeps up around her and she swats him in the chest with a stick and he's like, oh, fuck. Turns and looks. It's not Sam. It's some uh, poor old guy who's out hunting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's hunting. He's got a probably deer or possibly Sasquatch. There have been a lot of Sasquatch sightings in those woods. Um, she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, but you got to get me the fuck out of here. And he's like, stop, you fucker. You just hit me, and he pulls a gun on her, and he's like, look, I'm sorry, there's a crazy guy trying to kill me, you gotta get me out of here, or at least call the cops or something, he's like, okay, don't move, don't move, you crazy bitch, I'm gonna call the cops, pulls the uh, cell phone out of his breast pocket, and realizes it's been smashed to shit, because it absorbed most of the impact of her hitting him in the chest with it, so he's like, ah, shit, okay, he looks down, sees her feet are all bloody, and she's on bare feet, he's like, okay, look, I got a spare set of boots at my car. Come on, let's go back there, and then we'll go from there. So he's holding her at gunpoint, this old guy, and they go back to his car, lets her in the car, gives her the spare boots. He's like, okay, I'm going to take you to the police, and that'll be the end of that, okay? Yes, please do. Let's do that. So they get on the road. They get moving. They get a quarter mile down the uh, weird Oregon dirt road, and then they come to a deadfall right in the middle of the fucking road. Stop. Stop! Shit! Oh no, we can't go any further because there's a bunch of dead trees and shit. So they get out and try to move it. It's too fucking heavy. And pretty soon, here comes our Jeep Cherokee right down the road behind him. And out comes Sam. Now, Sam is on the phone, or at least he is pretending to be on the phone when he gets out of the car. And he's like, okay, I got her. I got her. Yeah. Okay. Call. I'm sorry, officer. I'm sorry. Yeah, it happened again. Uh, Okay, I got her now. I, I'm looking right at her. She's with somebody. Uh, he puts the phone away and the old guy's like, what the hell's going on, dude? 
Sam's like, that's my sister, Jessica. Uh, she's having another one of her, her episodes. Her husband committed suicide. She, she hasn't been right. This time she threw herself in the river, and we just need to get her home. If you could just help me get her back into my car. And Jess is like, no fucking way. He's a psycho. Uh, look, look. Okay, I can settle this right now. Ask, ask him to see his, his phone. In the meantime, Jess is like backpedaling back into the woods. The old guy's like, ah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, let me see your phone. Let me see your phone because the last call should be to the police department. So, you know, I'll, let me see your phone. I'll call the cops and verify everything you just said, and then I'll help you. And if not, then uh, I will not be helping you. In fact, I'll be holding you at gunpoint here until the real cops get here. So the guy's like, yeah, okay, you want to see my phone? Jessica hauls ass back into the woods. He's like, all right, here's my phone. And then he tackles the, the old guy and punches him unconscious and then takes the old guy's gun and kills him with it. Fuck. That was our way out. Motherfucker. All right. Again with the cat and mouse out in the woods. Night falls again. Uh, now Sam has a gun. He has the old guy's gun. And he's out yelling and screaming and looking for Jess. Jessica is like damn near on the point of uh, hypothermia because the rain has come back. And that's a real motherfucker. Uh, so Sam catches up to her and he, he, I think he shoots her, but he's like, I know I, he shoots at her and he's like, I know I hit you. And she acts like she's hit. She's like, ah, fuck falls down and she's like holding her side. But then she like, like creeps into a, uh, like a weird puddle kind of a situation and hunkers down. And then Sam goes on this whole tirade about, yo, you know what? Your husband was a coward. And I know you're a coward, too. You should come out here and fight me. And I'm going to put the gun down. You come on out and we'll fight it out, you crazy bitch. Yeah, because you're a piece of shit, man. (laughs) Who the fuck offers to fight a woman in the middle of the Oregon woods other than a piece of shit rapist like you? And uh, she's like, no, I'm not going to fight you. You fucking... She, She is like hunkered down like three feet away from him. And he's delivering this whole monologue about what a coward she is and she's a piece of shit and she should come out and prove him wrong and her husband's a coward and you know the guilt of her not being there and the uh, fucking bullshit uh she she maintains though and eventually sam is like oh i'm getting the fuck out of here so he gets back in his car and drives off uh giving jessica some freedom of movement so she gets out and starts uh walking again eventually collapses from exhaustion wakes up the following morning to the sound of car engines. Uh, Of course, it's the fucking Jeep Cherokee rolling down the road, of which she is not that far away from. She sees Sam roll up, and he pulls out the dead body of the old guy and buries him. So, fuck. Now, while that's going on, she's like, this is my opportunity. I'm going to creep on this motherfucker and teach him a lesson. So I think her original plan, he set the gun down while he was burying the old guy. I think her original plan was to steal the gun and possibly kill Sam. Solid plan. Uh, Unfortunately, the positioning of Sam and the old guy in the gun didn't quite pan out. So instead, she managed to get into the driver's seat and steal Sam's phone. Uh, He comes back a little bit too soon, so she has no choice but to climb over two rows of seats into the uh, back trunk area of the jeep cherokee and hunker down there he gets back in the car and starts driving uh while he's driving she manages to fire off a phone call to 911 using his phone but she can only whisper because she doesn't want him hearing it 
halfway down the road, he realizes his phone is missing, and he's like, oh, shit. I put it right here in the center console. Now, where is it? God damn it. Uh, but he thinks he hears something coming from the back. So he stops the car, gets out. She jumps into the back seat. He jumps back into the driver's seat and punches the gas as if to say, I'm going to take good, good, good. I'm glad you're right back in my car because that's where I needed you to take you back to the fucking rape basement. Now, he can't use the gun because he's driving the car. So all he has is that big ass knife. She, on the other hand, has a tire iron. So what ensues is a driver's side, front seat, back seat, car combat sequence that is <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun i would say <laughs> i mean really all he can do is swing wild behind him with the knife and she's got more or less full control of that situation after like the third or fourth swipe she manages to knock the knife out of his hand and then she puts the crowbar or the tire iron uh on his throat and then starts choking him out now easy fix to this little problem if you're in the mood for a raping you stop the fucking car instead he decides to punch the gas as if that's going to help anything at all uh needless to say he loses consciousness car careens off the road and rolls uh she gets out and she's like motherfuck grabs his phone and goes hauling ass through the woods to where she comes to like a clear-cut area gets out He's a little woozy, but he's not that far from behind her. She's still got the uh, tire iron. He's still got the uh, the machete or the big hunting knife thing. And they come to like a standoff here in this clear-cut area. Uh, before he comes out of the, the tree line, though, she gets on his phone and calls his wife. And she's like, hey, your husband is a murderer and a uh, kidnapper. And he's probably a rapist, too. I would go ahead and throw... That in there, I think if uh, I hadn't escaped, he probably would have raped me. But my name is Jessica so-and-so, and if you don't hear from me again, it's because your husband has murdered me, and uh, thank you very much for that. And then she puts speakerphone on, and he's she's like, hey, here's your wife. And he's like, you know, his wife is freaking out. And he's like, she's like, Sam, what are you doing? What the fuck is this shit? And he's like, I've just got to take care of something really quick. And then he hangs up on her. And then another hand-to-hand combat sequence evolves. And I'm going to make a very long story short. They go back and forth. Uh, He stabs her once or twice. She clocks him in the head a couple of times with the tire iron. Eventually, she gets the knife away from him and stabs him in the heart with it. Excuse me. And then the last scene of the movie is a search helicopter, presumably looking for the old guy, uh, setting down right in the clear-cut area where she has just uh, killed Sam, and she's got a big shit-eating, muddy grin on her face. And that's the end of your movie, man. That is Alone from 2020. Not a bad show. It's not a bad... I mean, it's it's a tried-and-true formula, you know. Lady alone on the road gets accosted by some kind of a maniac. Sometimes abduction ensues. Sometimes it's just a weird uh roadside situation but uh we've seen it before it's nothing original um it's not bad i wouldn't say it's a bad movie there are some some problems and there are some um there are some moments of stupidity by the young lady you know if you feel like you're being followed by some kind of a sicko don't fucking stop right don't give him the opportunity to catch up to you 
I don't care how many cigarettes you need to smoke or how bad you have to piss. There is a possible rapist slash uh, road weirdo, for, for lack of a better term, uh, coming up on you. Don't don't be hanging at the rest stop, you know? I don't know. That's 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 just a pro- that's problem number one I had with this movie. Um, I'm not going to pick it apart. It's not a bad show. Streaming on Amazon right now if you guys want to check it out. It's called Alone. Uh, I don't feel like it deserved 6.1 stars. I would probably put this in the low fives, low five stars. Um, performances were good. I think we could have done a little bit better with creepy Ned Flanders because you, from the moment you saw him, you're like, he's got the Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. He's got the uh, Ted Bundy kind of thing going on. I just... He, and I was hoping they would go a different route. I mentioned earlier in the film that I was hoping Ned Flanders would be somehow redeemable and that this whole shit was happening in her head. It was not to be. It was. It played out exactly as I thought it would. Regardless, that is alone. Uh, I'm going to take myself a little break, see if my wife has any other mixed drinks for me to possibly choke on, and I will be right back with you.
inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Woo! What did you think of that shit? (laughs) Did that blow your fucking butthole out? It just blew mine out. That was a cover of Hearts Alone uh, featuring Anna Madinovici of Magica. I don't know who that young lady is, but I'm going to download an album of Magica right goddamn now. And I'm going to share that to the... Oh, God, look at you. God, she is screaming hot. I'm going to share that to the Padded Room page post-haste. In fact, I'm going to do it right now. And there it is. It's up there. Enjoy that. Put that in your mouth. You're going to love it. Um, Yeah, dude. Alone. Chicks. Don't uh, go on the road alone, man. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess this is a weird social commentary in a way. And I guess it's something that guys won't understand because we are in no danger. um, Well, I guess we are, but not nearly to the extent that young ladies are of just doing everyday, uh, you know, things alone for fear of running into a fucking nutsack like this. Now, I would love to believe that there are hot supple young female nutsacks out to abduct and sexually, um, you know, endanger (laughs) a 42-year-old balding, gray-haired, somewhat overweight distance runner slash underachieving podcaster. I know that doesn't happen. (laughs) Nobody's looking to get on me about that. (laughs) I would love to think that that was a thing. All right, never mind. Um, that being said, I got some, uh, some other shit to get into. How about a little, what are you looking at? I have been working diligently on my 31 days of Halloween. I know it's done and over with, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to keep it alive and well. Hey, what are you guys looking at? What are you looking at? How about the Jonestown Haunting from 2020? Uh, this one just hit Amazon Prime also, and I saw this and I got a little bit of a chubber on because I'm a bit of a, uh, I don't want to say a Jonestown fanboy, but I am well-read on the subject. So I always thought, and I, one thing that I've, you know, Things like this happen, and I'm always curious about what's left behind in regards to, like, paranormal stuff. And, you know, you would think that that, that compound would just be horrifically haunted. Um, so I thought that's what we were going to get with this movie, was some kind of a situation there. Uh, it turns out it's just a survivor of the Jonestown going back to the... Um, Two, the like a, like five six years later and reliving some of the events that took place it's basically basically the whole movie is one giant flashback which is pretty well it's not it i mean there's no haunting it's th- this young lady is haunted i i suppose but you know it's really just her going back there and relive, reliving some of the memories so don't waste your time with that devil times five from 1974 
I covered this one on the bonus Patreon show. Uh, five kids escape from a mental institute and um, wreak havoc on a snowy chalet in the woods, starring the incomparable Leif Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> For more on that, check out the Patreon campaign at uh, paddedroompodcast.com. Spirit Trap from 2005. Um, this one's not very good. It's I think it's supposed to have some supernatural implications, but really it's five roommates in an old English manor, and one of them gets all hopped up on drugs and paranoid and starts killing off the rest of them. That's about the whole, the whole of it. Zombie Holocaust from 1980. This movie is so boring, I can't tell you a fucking thing about it. Never mind the fact that I just got home from a Halloween party, was pretty hammered, and immediately passed out after I started it, but apparently I felt the need to check into it in anyway. So uh, I know it has to do with some people going to India for some kind of a medical breakthrough, and zombies is the outcome. Uh, the Old Dark House from 1932. This is one of my Halloween must-watches. This is this is like one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I know a lot of people aren't into it, and it's fine. It's old. stars Boris Karloff. Um, this couple and their playboy friend, their car breaks down, and they have to take refuge during a storm in an old dark house where they find a completely batshit crazy family, and uh, chaos and mayhem ensues. I love this movie. I will never get sick and tired of this movie because I can't get enough of it. Same thing with Night of the Living Dead from 1968. That's another one of my Halloween must-watch lists on, you know, that I watch every year. Uh, I don't think I need to explain this. We've all seen it. Uh, Creep Show Animated Special. Now, this just, just hit on Shudder about a week ago. It's uh, not... It's pretty... I mean, it's animated... But it's animated in a very strange comic booky kind of a way, if that makes sense. Like it's not full. It's not a. I wouldn't call it a cartoon. Um, it's more like a motion comic. If that. I mean, you don't have to read the movie. There's celebrity voiceovers. Kiefer Sutherland does one of the voices, but um, it's pretty good, man. It's only. It's just two short stories. They're both decent. And I, you know, if you're a creep show fan like I am, get in there, check it out. It's uh, it's definitely worth a worth a watch. Hacko Lantern from 1988. <laughs> this one is bananas. Uh, I watched uh, the Joe Bob Halloween uh, Hideaway special. So it was Hacko Lantern and Haunt. I watched them both. Um, Hacko Lantern is bananas. It's you watch it and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, basically it involves this kid who was raised by his satanic priest grandfather and on Halloween night of his 21st year, he has to undergo some ceremony. It's crazy. And none of it fucking makes sense until you understand that it was directed by a Bollywood director. Now, once you know that a lot of things make sense. For example, the nonsensical music video that takes place halfway through the movie, or the less uh, sense-making stand-up comedy routine that takes place in a parking lot about a quarter way through the movie. Once you understand, the, uh, like the shining ray of hope in this movie is that it stars one of my favorite porn stars of all time, Gina Fine. 
despite I mean she's only in it for about 12 minutes uh, she does get naked but it's in her pre-boob job era which is not my favorite era for Gina Fine but she still puts on a pretty good show uh, it's <laughs> it's crazy I would encourage you to watch it without the Joe Bob commentary watch it without first and then if you can stomach a second viewing then go back and watch it with Joe Bob and a lot of things will make more sense than they did on your solo viewing because but I feel like you kind of need the solo viewing to really get a full scope of the batshit craziness of this film and then I watched as I mentioned Haunt from 2019 that is has has made its way onto my Halloween list because it's a goddamn good solid Halloween movie I think you know takes place on Halloween one location small group of kids getting butchered by psychos you know, it's right up there with uh, Night of the Demons, as far as I'm concerned. I know you've seen it. You've already seen it. I don't have to tell you about it. That's all I'm looking at, kids. I would love to hear what you watched on Halloween. What is on your Halloween watch list? Or do you have a tradition of certain films? I normally do, but Halloween day and night was so crazy for me this year. I had a lot of shit going on. I had to skip like half of them. Normally, I also watch What We Do in the Shadows and uh, Dark Shadows from 2009, I think it is. The one with Johnny Depp. Those are like family uh, go-to movies. Uh, we we just didn't fucking have time, man. There was too much shit going on. Anyway, I would love to hear what you uh, what you watched on Halloween. Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or you get me on the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. In the meantime, let us discuss a little immersion therapy, shall we? <laughs> immersion therapy. In the Shadow of the Moon. Did anybody get a chance to actually watch this? Did you make it through all the way to the end? Uh, not really a horror movie, gang. I apologize. I don't know. Uh, it looked like a horror movie watching the trailers, right? It looked like some kind of a vampire thing. People getting poked in the neck and then bleeding out. No, no, nothing really. More of a uh, biological fucking WMD situation. It's boring. It was it wasn't boring. It kept me intrigued because I kept thinking we were going to make a right turn into vampire land and it just never happened. So, more of a crime drama, more of a uh I had like certain uh film noir aspects with the, you know, the gritty New York streets and late night uh you know, patrols and things like that. It was good to see Bokeem Woodbine. I thought he was dead. <laughs> No, he looks good. I mean, it's it's been a long. He's had a he's had a pretty storied career. Bokeem Woodbine, you know what I mean? It's it's not a name that you recognize, but you do recognize his face. You'll know him from Overlord. Um, what was that? Uh, that one with uh, Deep Rising. Um, he's always. I don't want to call him the token black guy, but. In the in the horror genre, he tends to fall into that that region quite a bit. Uh, I remember his first starring role was in a movie called Strapped, 
which was an HBO original film that featured just about every single hot 90s rapper you could imagine, from Cool Modi to Das FX. And um, Bokeem Woodbine, <laughs> right in the middle of it. I missed that guy. He played the partner the uh, during the original sequence. Um, it's not, it's, it's, I would say it's a decent show. It's a decent movie. It's not a horror movie. If you missed it and you, you, you're in the, you've got to watch something that's not a horror movie because your wife is making you some, check it out in the shadow of the moon has nothing to do with vampires. Unfortunately, uh, sorry, sorry about that. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Nocturne from 2020, starring Sidney Sweeney and Madison Iceman. This one is streaming on Amazon Prime and is part of their Welcome to the Bloom House situation, which, goddammit, let's hope it replaces their Into the Dark. Or no, that was Hulu, actually. Hulu has Into the Dark, which is also produced by Bloom House, by the way. Hopefully this is better than that, because that's not very good, unless you want to look at dicks. Um, Nocturne, it's, it's something to do with about a, a upstanding art school. Sounds very Suspiria-esque to me. Hopefully it's uh, in that region. Uh, check that out, inmates. We'll do the same. First, we have to educate Darian, since Monica's not here. Educating Miss Monica. My clues from last week. I am a hot 22-year-old would-be starlet that has recently relocated to L.A. in search of a film career. Unfortunately, all I got was a bunch of losers hanging out at my shitty hotel threatening to make an independent film, which they're probably never going to do. All I have to do is suck the old guy's dick, and then I'll be a big star. Unfortunately, I started rotting from the inside out first, and that's disgusting, but I can fix that by brutally killing off the losers that I work with. The answer, of course, is starry eyes. Um, Alan got me. Tony got me earlier in the week, although he decided not to write in, whatever. Um, yeah, Starry Eyes. If you guys haven't seen Starry Eyes, it's a great show, man. I like that one a lot because she's batshit crazy and very capable of doing what needs to be done. Um, but when the, the uh, what would you call it? The, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's not really an infection per se. Basically, she starts dying from the inside out and that gets fucking gross. And you know the only way to stop it is to kill some folks. So she kills off all of her friends that she hates in most brutal and violent fashion. Definitely worth a watch if you haven't already seen it. Starry Eyes. Who might I be this week, you wonder? So do I. <laughs> is it a regular occurrence for young ladies to shove their breasts through holes in the fence at construction sites? Apparently so. Also, this newfangled contraption, I almost said the name, contraption that I put in my kitchen is not only going to be my personal savior, but it's also going to be the end of my fucking nagging wife. And it's also going to supply me with a lunch for the next week and a half. Pretty good lunches at that. I'm excited. 
Now I just uh, got to get some other folks in here to also supply me with lunch because my coworkers have tried my lunches and now they would like some lunch also also by this contraption that I cannot name that you probably have in your kitchen as we speak. Think about that inmates. I know what I am. It's a it's a it's a um <laughs> it's a bad movie. You may have seen it at one point or another. I think we co- we may have covered this one at one point. I don't know. It's it's a crazy fucking movie. Uh, I'll clue you in next week. Let me know if you get it. Uh, the Padded Room 2011 at Hotmail.com or the Mental Health Hotline at area code 775-387-0275. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this week. Apologies for a short show. Um, nobody here to talk to other than my goddamn self and you people. Um, Padded Room Podcast, Patreon campaign running. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this show. That helps our visibility out quite a bit. Hopefully, somebody will be in here with me uh, next week. If not, you know what? Who gives a shit? I'll do the show by my goddamn self. I'll move a couple of potted plants in here and talk to them. Uh, (laughs) I don't know that it's going to do you any good, but at least I won't feel like a crazy person. Uh, oh, what the f- what am I doing next week, you ask? It's going to be The Nun from 2018. We're getting into Conjuring Universe territory here in Miss Monica Month. She actually went uh, as uh, to a Halloween party as The Nun, uh, what, two, three years ago? She pulled it off. I feel like she pulled it off. She looked good. She had the habit and the white paint. Uh, didn't fully commit to the eye, eye contacts. And uh, once we got to the party, she only lasted about 20 minutes before she was vomiting and we had to get her out of there. But that's neither here nor there. Thank you again so much for joining me, inmates. Uh, Join me again next week for The Nun, paddedroompodcast.com. Everything you need to know about us there. Like, comment, subscribe if you would, if you have time. I know you're busy. In the meantime, for Buddy in absentia, Monica also in absentia, The Nun, whom uh, is actually a demon, but we'll, I don't, I, I, shit, I just spoiled that for next week, didn't I? Uh, Educating Darian, who might I be? You don't know. Um, Weird 80s movies with uh, strange, you know, uh, boobs, with random placements of boobs. Now that I think about it, that was a very weird boob placement. I'm talking about the movie that I might be for the week. Um goddamn chicks driving alone on the highway rape basements um poor old guys that get caught in the middle of some bullshit and the padded room podcast i'm afraid visiting hours are over